G'day, this is Dom Harvey from The Edge Breakfast Show, and you're listening to The Kiwi Running Show. Kia ora and welcome to episode 22 of The Kiwi Running Show, brought to you by Tempo Fit. My name is Hayden Sherman, and today it's just me in the studio. Hamish Meacham, my co-host, has been um, been a biz- bit of a busy boy with a lot of stuff ha- happening in the world of... Um, of challenge sports, and you may have seen some some of it in the news. If you Google Hamish Meacham, you'll you'll see his name pop up on stuff, and you'll be able to read all about what's going on. So he's been a bit preoccupied. Um, but coming up on the show, we're going to cover off all the all the action from Auckland Marathon. That was the big event, really, at the weekend. Um, also around the world, we had the World Masters Athletics Champs, which was over in Australia, and this is a big one because next year in April in New Zealand, we have the World Masters Games, and I know a lot of listeners uh, will be looking to do that, and a, a lot of listeners may not have heard about heard about it and may not actually realise that it is an event for them. So it's a major, major participation event uh, for anyone aged, I think it's 35 and up if you're running, um, and so it breaks into five-year age groups, and yeah, it's fun because you get to compete against other people in your age. We're a New Zealand singlet, at least I assume that's the case, and uh, really just have a, a really good time, challenge yourself against other people in your age bracket. So it is a, a very cool event. But what the World Athletics Champs, which is uh, Masters Athletics Champs, which has just happened in Australia does is kind of sets a bit of a gauge for the sort of quality that you're looking at as far as times and um, depth so we'll we'll put a link to the results on the on the show notes so you can go through because there's literally screeds of results if you think all the different events that you can do in athletics times however many age groups there are between 35 and 100 so you can imagine it takes a little while to get through them all so we won't cover off all the kiwi events um but to get straight into it we should recognize that um our very own sally gibbs is uh has been dominating over there i've only opened up a couple of results but right off the bat i see she's won the women's 10,000 meters for the uh 50 to 54 age group um, and creamed it like two and a half minutes uh, faster than everyone else in the field. She ran 36.35. Um, so she is really one of our, our Masters game superstars. So um, it'll be very cool to see how she gets on in April at the World Masters Games. Um, I'm sure she'll be entering more than just the 10K. But I wanted to go through and just list some of the times um, that were run, and we'll we'll use the five k as as the perfect example for kind of that middle ground. So some people might want to run shorter than the five k, some people longer. I think there's a half marathon in there as well. So I just wanted to run through each age bracket and give you the winning time, and that sort of puts into perspective kind of the the ballpark that you'd need to be to be up the pointy end of the, the race but of course the depth it goes really far back like I'm just looking at the at, at the moment the men's 40 times um, and for the 5k um, and it is a good sort of six seven minute spread with the finishing time so even if you're not going to be up that pointy end you still should definitely get down and, and give it a whirl so let's start with the men first of all so this is the 5k 
and we're going to do in five-year age brackets, working our way up from men's 35. So the winning time was 15.13 for the men's 35. And then if we go up to the men's 40, uh, it's actually a little bit more competitive. So 14.46 was the winning time in the men's 40. He actually won by a minute. So absolutely amazing uh, time from Roberto uh, Busi, I think his last name, from Australia. Um, and then stepping up to men's 45 age group, and the winning time was 15.37. So it's starting to slough a little bit. Then men's 50, 16.01, still really blazing times. Uh, and then we step up to men's 55, and 16.43 is the time. Men's 60, and we're stepping up quite a bit. So 18.28, still really, really solid times. Um, and I think the World Masters record for men's 60s, uh, 16 minutes, 12. So that's um, that's very quick. Okay, let's step up to, uh, I think we skip 65 and go straight to 70. So M70, 19.22. Oh my gosh. I cannot imagine um, my 70-year-old father running that fast. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Um and it does show you the caliber of these athletes. Oh, wait a minute. We did have M65, which was 1845, so a little bit a little bit quicker. Um, and yeah, so that hopefully gives you a little bit of a gauge of where the men are sitting. Now, let's have a squiz at the, the women's time. So women uh, 35 to 39, uh, the winning time was 1806. And then we move to the women's 40, which is often slightly more competitive than the women's 35, uh, mostly because if you're under 40, you typically go in just the open open grades if you're a really top-end performer. So the women's 40 was 17.23, and then women's 45, 18.60. Then we move up to women's 50 and 17.31. So Lucy Elliott just of Great Britain just edging out Sally Gibbs, our very own Sally Gibbs, in 17.38. Then we move up to the women's 55 and we're looking at 19.21. Then women's 60, 21.05. And women's 65 and we've got 20.08, which was a, a new record. And then we move up to the woman's 75, uh, a woman from China who's 76, running 25.56. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a gauge. If you're thinking, hey, I'd like to give this a crack, I would really, really encourage you. You've got, what is it, about six months now to train for the World Masters Games. And what I read out were the, the top times. But of course, as I mentioned at the start, the spread and the depth behind those top times is like seven to eight minutes uh, long. So if you're running, say, 20 minutes for the 5K, that's the, the winning time. Um, you can expect to have people evenly spread from 20 minutes back to about 27, 28 minutes. So if you're in that age group and you're in that window, then you'll have lots of company. You'll have lots of reason to get down to the World Masters Games and really enjoy it. So um, do do check it out. I think you pay one fee and you can enter three different running events um, over the space of, what is it, 10 days or something. Um be a really fun experience so they're not sponsoring the show or anything but i'll i'll definitely give them a massive plug so check that out 
All right, so moving on from the World Masters Games to talking about the other end of the age spectrum, and we have had a, a bit of athletics is heating up around the country uh, with the New Zealand Secondary School Athletics Champs happening towards the end of the year. Uh, definitely a lot, a lot of the young'uns are getting out there on the track and, and really going for it. And in particular, Olivia McTaggart, who's a pole vaulter uh, from, from Auckland, I think, she at the weekend came very close to beating Eliza McCartney's under-17 national record. Uh, for the pole vault, so came super close, um, and so that's a, that's a bit of an exciting talent because I, I've chatted to a lot of people from Athletics New Zealand who say that they're really struggling to keep up with the demand at the moment since the Olympics around pole vault. So, you know, getting enough poles, getting enough equipment, um, coaches, all, all that stuff. And it, it is exciting to see that this is fast becoming um, a, a bit of a, hopefully it's just not a flash in a pan, but um, a bit of a national craze. So, um, and Olivia's kind of heading that up. That, that kind of dream to be the next Eliza McCartney. So Olivia McTaggart, um, hope she can uh, really progress this summer. She's got um, all the summer before her to try and take that down that record and um, could be another um, shining star in the pole vault scene from New Zealand. Now, at that same meet, we also had three young guys going at it over the 1,500 metres with James Uhlenberg picking up the win in 353. 3.58, and that was the exact same time as Isaiah Pretty. Um, and then we had Theo Quacks, of course the son of Dick Quacks, and he ran 3.54, just a second behind the other guys. So, yeah, the action is definitely heating up on the track with people getting ready for the secondary school champs coming up. So well done to everyone there. And then at the other end of the spectrum, so we're talking shorter stuff on the track, uh, I got an email from our friend over in the UK, uh, Robert McChesney, and he's a, a race walker, and he actually went to the, uh, I forget the name of it because it's in France and I'm not going <laughs> to attempt pronouncing it, uh, but it was a, a, one of these crazy races that just goes on forever and ever. But he was entered in the race walk division and he actually came third, Um and he completed 612 kilometers in six days, uh, which <laughs> is just phenomenal, a six-day race. Can you believe that? Um, and he also improved his own New Zealand 48-hour record um, and broke the New Zealand 500k record. Um, so, yeah, great results from Richard. Uh, I think he's based in London these days. Um getting that walking going and man I, I i seriously can't fathom walking that far um let alone doing anything for six days straight maybe sleeping i, I think i could enter the sleeping champs but um yeah so that sounds very cool we'll put a link to the results of of that event over in france and in the meantime let's skip over to our coverage of the auckland marathon so in the the women's event, we had Nicole Goldsmith of Fielding. So uh, Hamish actually pointed her out a, a couple of months ago when she had won a marathon. I forget which one it was, but she won in a, a similar time, sort of 2.48, 2.49, um, somewhere around there. And um, she came in with a 2.47 
to take the win and she actually collapsed uh, on the finish line which most people do actually um, was taken off to the medical centre it's funny how the media blows this up the winner collapses at the end of the finish line it's like doesn't point out that everyone <laughs> collapses at the end of the finish line of the marathon but anyway Nicole was taken off to the medical centre and she uh, recovered well which is good to hear uh, but she said, on, this is from the Athletics New Zealand press release, so I felt pretty terrible over the last few Ks as I've had trouble with my knee leading into this. And at 25K, it just went. So it was just whether I could handle the pain for the rest of the way. I saw I had a little bit up my sleeve at the turn. That's the turn at St. Helier's, which is sort of 31, 31, 32K. And by that point, I thought it... it is it going to be enough? And I just tried to grip my teeth and get to the finish line. Um, so she actually used to be a swimmer um, and she's transitioned over to running. And it's quite funny. She she doesn't consider herself a serious, you know, a serious runner, um, but she's definitely got a lot of talent in the sport. Um, s- behind her in second and third were a couple of Aussies um, picking up the second and third places and reasonably close times as well coming into the race we were kind of thinking oh the the bulk of the talent in the women's race is more in the half marathon but I've got to say it was a really good race in in the women's fields and um solid times um all around so yeah I I think it was yeah really good racing I I wish I could have seen the race uh, on the course but I was cooking burgers for our Tempo Fit team Um, yeah so that was very cool in the men's race we had debut marathoner Oscar Inkster Baines picking up the win in his first year ever marathon and it was basically uh, a a win from gun gun to tape Um, he really did dominate it Um, and going into the race, we all sort of thought, well, he's he's the favourite. He's got the most pedigree over the, kind of the half marathon distance out of all the guys running. And so it makes sense that he should transition that over to the, the marathon. And he definitely did show that. So um, his advice from his coach was just run faster than the guy who was going to come second. So that's what really matters, he said. And he also said, I remember Phil Costley saying, when I was at high school, when you do the marathon, put it in blocks of three. Every three Ks, run them in about 10 minutes and then go again. Uh, It breaks it up a bit because 42 Ks is a long way to go at one K at a time. I'm sure everyone listening is wishing you could do one 3K in a block of 10 minutes, let alone repeating that however many times for a marathon. What is it, 13, 14 times for the marathon? Um, yeah, so well done, Oscar. That's a uh, really incredible run. And behind him was Jono Jackson, who came through through for second place, picking up um, a PB and 2.26. And then we had Hiro Tanamoto from, uh, who, well, from Japan, but it's now based in Wellington. So he picked up third and just took, basically took it in the last stretch from Kieran Fahiti, um, who was in fourth place. Um, so improving one place from last year's fifth place. Um, and good to see Kieran back after that, um, that pretty gutsy run that he, he had on the Rotorua New Zealand road relays. Um, after he collapsed there so good to see him back running well Um, so yeah 
different race from the men. It was um, it was really the Oscar show, uh, and then Jono running a really solid race behind him, um, and then a bit of a battle for around those sort of two twenty nine, two thirty uh, mark. And then in the the half marathon, we have had Evan Elder, who's a Canadian and apparently living in. Canterbury so I haven't heard much of Evan but he won in 68 minutes and that was just about a minute ahead of Daniel Belchin um, and Harry Linford came through in third in 110. Um, I know Michael Voss the he's been sort of the king of uh, of half marathons around the country lately from uh, just outside Rotorua and he um, he must have struggled a little bit over the last uh, over the last half uh, because he um, yeah came back a bit further down the field after being up near the front, and then in the women's race for the half marathon, Olivia Byrne took out the win in one sixteen, and that was ahead of Camille Buscombe in one seventeen, and last year's marathon winner Katie Kemp in one eighteen. So yeah, good racing from the ladies up there as well. <laughs> so it was a great day at the Auckland Marathon. The the temperatures were. We're pretty good. It was a little kind of a southerly flick came through, so a little bit of wind on the course. Um, and of course, you you start in Devonport and then run south to the CBD going over the bridge. So southerly is not ideal as far as times go. Um, but the winds at the start were light and kind of got stronger and stronger as the day went on. But temperatures couldn't have been much more perfect, really. They were cool and and crisp uh, for the, for late October, which is it's usually. Auckland Marathon marks the, st- the first day of summer, usually in Auckland, so it was good to have some nice cool conditions. Um, we had a great time with our Tempo Fit crew. We had a, a whole bunch of runners um, battling their way through uh, across the bridge and along Tamaki Drive, so we catch up with a few of those runners in our, in our coverage of the event, and we'll switch to them right now. All right, so with me here is John Saunders, one of our A-team Tempo Fit runners. Um, now, you've just finished the marathon. How are you feeling? Uh, a bit better now. I've just had a quick massage and a burger and a beer. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, so you were targeting somewhere under four hours, sort of that 3.50. What, what did you end up with? Uh, yeah, 3.50.30 something. So pretty happy with that. Yeah, bang on. And what was kind of the, um, was this your first marathon or were you a, a repeat offender? Uh, no, first marathon. I've done maybe seven or eight halves, but yeah, first time at the full yeah. distance. Cool. And what made you um, make the dive to go up in distance? Uh, just one of those things. I think I'd always wanted to give it a go so I could say I've done a marathon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whether it'll be the one and only, I don't know yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling? What are, what are the chances of coming back? Oh, I don't know. I might give it another go. I don't. I don't reckon I'll step up and go do any ultras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely once you've finished forty-two, you're like, I'm not going to run another kilometre. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. And tell us about. Um, obviously, you're from Wellington, so you're used to the the hills. And we had a little bit of wind on the course, but how was the course uh, from your point of view? Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. I quite liked the Devonport side of it and the yeah, yeah the coming over the bridge was alright. It didn't seem windy at that point. Um, they only struggled a little bit in the last 7 or 8k. Um, at yeah. St Helier's where it got a bit breezy, but like you say, from Wellington I should be able to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though, because uh, even like Devonport's not even that hilly, but it's just a sort of rolling nature. But then once you get onto Tamaki Drive, you get these little tiny little 
blips that go over the bridges and they just feel like mountains when you're 35k deep in the marathon <laughs> yeah and so um how how have you kind of trained for this and prepared tell us a bit of your your build up to this uh, so I've had a training plan through you guys yep. as part of the A-team um, and did the uh, half marathon in Wellington about six weeks ago or so as part of it. And yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've been lucky with injury and everything, so I've managed to stick pretty closely to the training cool. plan. So. And um, I think, was Neil coaching you? I can't remember who. Hamish. Hamish, yeah. And, and so what was your longest, uh, longest run you got up to beforehand? I know a lot of people would be interested doing the first marathon, what they need to get to. Uh, uh, so it was. I did a 36k one um, nice. a few yeah. weeks back, uh, actually in the Wairarapa because we were over there for the weekend, which was yeah. good in one way because it's flat. But yeah, you yeah. come around the corner and the next you can see for the next 10 kilometres just <laughs> rolling out in front of you. So, <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you felt like that 36. It wasn't too much of a jump up to 42. Yeah. No. That definitely made me realise I could actually I could finish the whole distance at least. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I find just having the crowd to drag you along makes makes all the difference and in the actual event um yeah well well done rest up good to have you up in auckland and um safe travels back to wellington thank you very much with me here is Houting, and um he's just got a mouthful of burger but he's also a very happy happy chappy because he's just gone under 130 for the half marathon for the first time ever congratulations Houting. Not the first time ever, but it's definitely my first time ever getting under 130 on this Auckland Marathon. Oh yeah, course. at Auckland. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but it's been a work in progress for you because you came, you got what 134 two years ago. Yeah. And then what did you get last year? 1302. Uh, <laughs> brutal. And that was after a big sprint finish as well. So yeah, you emptied the tank. And so when did you start your sprint finish this time? This time I started sprinting after Shelly Beach Road. So I didn't stick with the pacemaker. I didn't have a second thought. I just took off straight away. So that's about, what, 5k to go, isn't it? Yeah, because from my previous experience was that last year I ran, I stick with the pacemaker, but he was running a bit behind. And I hadn't had my watch with me as well, so I didn't know what pace we're running at. And it ended up, I started sprinting just about um, at the turn at the end of Silo Park, so that's about 1 or 2k to go. But the pacemaker started sprinting too. So we ended up not, you know, we didn't really have much space between us by the end. And I finished 130.02, he finished about 130.10 or something like that. Yeah, cool. And um, what, so what was your time today? 129.23. Oh, that's very, very well paced. And what, what's been the difference? What's your pace, what's your training been looking like the last few months? Um, I had some specific training targeting hills, so yeah. I've definitely had um, more hills training compared to uh, the year before. Yeah. And this year, running up the Harbour Bridge feels like a piss take for me. <laughs> it was just very, it's just, I just, it's, it was a really enjoyable moment yeah. to run in front of the pacemaker and leave everyone behind <laughs> um, on the Harbour Bridge. So I could save up some energy when I was going downhill on Harbour Bridge and um, maintain enough energy for me to sprint in my tank. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so true. Because you don't want to be so tired at the top of the hill that you can't use the gravity to get you downhill faster as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good plan. And so what's next for you? You're Because um, you're, what, year 12 at 
uh, at school now or year, yeah. year 13? I'm year 12 now, so yep. next year I'll be year 13. But and, and are you going to do secondary school um, athletics coming um, up? Yes, I have been signed up for the road race. Yeah, um, I think you should do the road race. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, um, I'm not sure where it is this year, but I've, been, I've definitely been signed up at, at, for the road race. And I'm looking forward to um, do a great time in that as well. Yeah. Road running has long been my favorite because I always enjoy, you know, the, the bounce back, you know, the yeah. difference, that kind of feeling you get from from the bottom of your shoes with with a hard solid ground. Yeah. And I just absolutely love that feeling. Yeah. And you're also a bit of an endurance monster as well. Yeah. You can keep going and going for someone at your age. You've got a lot of endurance. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one thing I'm looking at is to uh, to pace to become a pacer at uh, various different events across yeah. Auckland and you know New Zealand. And um, oh. one thing I'm gonna work on is my pacing, and hopefully. I will be able to um, pace the 5k for um, Auckland, around Auckland series. Yeah, yeah, join join our Tempo Fit Paces. So it'll yeah. be good to have you on board. Cool, well, well done, Hao Ting. I'll let you get back to your burger. Yeah. And thanks Thank for joining you. the show. So with me here is one of our one of our tempo fit paces actually, um, Jacqueline Lee, and uh, you've just finished the marathon. How did it go? Yeah, it uh, went okay. Um, considering last week I wasn't really able to run or walk, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. stoked with um, finishing and with minimal pain. So. Yeah, yeah. And so tell us what 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 was going on last week and um, how have you recovered this week? Um, I wouldn't say I'm recovered at all yet, but yeah, last yeah. week... Um, yeah, definitely not now. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, last week, I something with my hip. Um, just really wasn't even able to run at all. So just yeah. pop some ibuprofen before, and I think that <laughs> did the trick. The good old so. vitamin I yep. solves all our problems. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So. And so uh, you've done Auckland Marathon before. What, what time did you do it last year? And then what time did you do it this year? Yeah, so last year I came in around 3.55. Um, and then this year is 3.53 with a pee break, I must yeah, add. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty stoked. Love it. Yeah. Cool. And how were the portaloos today? Were they up to standard? You, the key is to get into them early before they've been used by the masses. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I took um, the pee break at the second water stop. Nice. And yeah. um, there was a little bit of queue, but managed to just get in and get out. Cool. Yeah, before all those those messy half marathoners get there exactly. and yeah, yeah. cool. Um, and so, tell us a bit about your your training because um, you you weren't hugely optimistic about this run aside from being injured. But yeah. um, how have you picked up those extra two minutes in the last two, last year? Um, I think actually just going in with no particular time goal and just wanting yeah. to run it relaxed and cool. I was wasn't even really wanted to run Auckland again. Just yeah, um, yeah, I've had this kind before. of thing of like not running the same race twice. Yeah, so, so we have to dig into this. So how many marathons have you done now, including today? Uh, 19. 19, far out. And so you're from San Francisco yes. originally. Yep. Um, are you starting to call yourself a Kiwi yet? Or have uh, you have you applied for residency? Or? Not, not, not yet, but I yeah. reckon. Yeah. yeah. There you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I... We'll yeah. <laughs> I think you need to learn the haka and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. But, um, so, what, can you give us a run through of what you're what you've been trying to do with those 19 marathons? Um, yeah, so I have a lifetime goal of running one in every state. So, cool. yeah. um, plus the capital, so that'd be 51. Um, yeah. But 
since moving here, I've had to put that on a hiatus. I've only done 14 states, and then since moving here, five. So yeah, um, yeah, I gotta reserve myself <laughs> so when I go back home, I can run some more without being crippled. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And um, give us your top three marathons that you've you've done. Um, top three, probably Chicago ranks up there, just part of being the world majors yeah. or whatever. Have you done New York? I haven't done New York yet. Yeah. Um, it's pretty hard to get into, just in terms of it sells yeah, out really yeah, fast. Totally. Um, yeah, What about Boston? Have you done... Nope, Boston you have to qualify for, and I'm... Yeah. By my... Like, I think my qualifying time would be... Need to be, like, under uh, 340. Yeah. Um, and even so, it goes into a lottery system, and it's just... Yeah. It's crazy. But I grew up in outside of Boston, and love, like, Marathon Monday is... Yeah. So one awesome. day, one day. Yep, yeah. yeah. Whole city shuts down, and you're just... The streets are lined the whole course of spectators. Cool. And similar to Chicago, that's why it's one of my yeah. favorites. Um, 67,000 yeah. finishers of just the marathon. Yeah. So you just have somebody around you the whole time. America does spectating well as yeah. well. Yeah. Kiwis, I don't think we've learnt the art of cheering. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not, yeah, you get around Mission Bay and you're like, oh, you get the drummers and you're like excited yeah. and then it goes away and you're like, yeah. okay, here I am by myself again. <laughs> yeah, and there's someone giving you a, like this awkward golf clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they've all been really different. Great Bear Island in Maine. Um, yeah, so not the New Zealand Great Bear Island. Yeah, yeah, yep, not that one. But you've Although, done that one as well. I have done that one, yeah. yes. <laughs> Which was really hard, but uh, a lot of fun. I wonder if you've done all the Great Barrier Island marathons in the world. I wonder if there's more than two. Oh, I don't know. That would be an interesting thing. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was that was good. And yeah, this uh, it was actually it was in October, um, and up yeah. there the fall foliage is really nice. Oh, I bet. Pouring rain. Even yeah. even in that, it was actually it was probably ranked some of the top just because the scenery you're along really? the coast and wow. the colors are all just bright orange and red and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. And um, oh, so that's two. That's two. Have you got yep. a third. Um. Probably my first, just because it's your first one. Yeah, you yeah. Never forget. Yeah. Um, and that's after that one. I had, was not a runner before then. Um, and after that, that's kind of when I came up with running one in every state, just because you work so hard for that first one, and then yeah. you're like, all right, now what? And I was like, okay, I'll yeah. run one in every state. That's a goal. <laughs> so. Yeah, and yeah. it's a really cool way to see your own country it and is. see the yeah. world as well. Yeah. Um, and so, where would, uh, how would you kind of rate the Auckland course? For those who haven't done it before, maybe thinking... Um, it's fun because you do get to run over the bridge. That's definitely an appeal. Yeah. It's challenging just because you start off like with the hills yeah, right away. Yeah, rolling hills, yeah. Um, and then along like Tamaki, it's, yeah. it could be um, <laughs> a little bit more exciting. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Especially as an Aucklander, if you've run that route yeah, a lot. Yeah. If you're a first time and you're from out of town, you're probably thinking, oh, this is nice, yeah. all the bays. But yeah, when you've done that, it's a well-trodden path. It is, yeah. yes, yep. Um, so it's it's nice because I live really close, so it's like kind of weird just to be able to roll out of bed and be like, all right, I guess I'm just going to go to the ferry and then yeah. not have to actually travel, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But yeah, if you're, if you're in town, just give it a go, I guess. Yeah. Any recommendations for people doing it? Um, pace. Pacing, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, yep. Don't get too excited in that first bit, um, especially with the hills. Yeah. Um, enjoy the bridge. Um, yeah, soak in that view, eh? Yeah. It's awesome yeah. up there. But yeah. just don't look too far to the left to see where you have to go. <laughs> yeah, how yeah, far exactly. Saint Louis might be. Yeah. But, yeah, no, just enjoy it. Have fun. Um, cool. Yeah.
Awesome. Oh, thanks, Jackie. Yeah. Rest up those legs. Thanks. thanks for joining the show. All right, so with me here I have Kelly and Stacey from Peak Pilates. So um, you guys have been our, our massage therapist for today. So how have you found it looking after all our, our wounded warriors today? <laughs> loads and loads of cars and quads. Cars yeah. and quads. <laughs> yeah, is that the main thing that you find goes? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, definitely the yeah. calves. Yeah, calves probably the biggest yeah. sort of muscle group that tends to come through. Yeah. So. Because I find if it's if there's a hill and you're running down, the quads sort of go, and going uphill the calves go. Yeah, yeah, getting that push up by yeah. going through yeah. those hills. Yeah, and um, and how's the state of everyone? Are they out of ten? <laughs> Will they be walking tomorrow? Do you think? Uh, they should be, especially yeah. after our massage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had a few comments from people saying it was definitely on the deeper side um, and they'll, they'll appreciate it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah they'll love us yeah. tomorrow. It's good pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so a uh, couple of quick questions. Like for people who have got a race coming up, like what sort of stuff do you recommend after a race to kind of get that recovery, sort of maximise that? Um, I'd also recommend a pre-massage oh, or nice. a pre-sort yeah. of um, event kind of work. So yeah. everyone tends to do a lot of stretching and a lot yeah. of people are starting to get into the massage before races as well, cool. which is really Like a good. couple of days out? Yeah, a couple of days out, just yeah. to make sure that they can recover from the massage before they actually start running again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just getting into really good stretching routines, massage routines, um, yeah. and just yeah, generally looking after themselves. And utilizing cool. those foam rollers. Depending yeah. on how your body's feeling, if you've got an injury, using those ice bars just to decrease inflammation, yeah. prevent irritation for the race. Yeah, cool. Question with foam rollers, how, how hard do you think you should go? Do you think you should go to the pain pain level? <laughs> everyone's pain levels are different. I would say yeah. don't go above 4 out of 10. Okay. It's, everyone's pain's different. If you go above a 4 out of 10, you might be you know, feeling a bit sick <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing that. So everyone's different. Go to your own level. Yeah, there's also yeah. that, you know, are you creating harm or are you? is it good? You know, yeah. is it good for your body? So, yeah, just do what you can tolerate. Yeah, awesome. Oh, cool. It's been great having you two along. So thanks for <laughs> looking after our, all of our runners and enjoy the rest of the day. So the winner of the Auckland Half Marathon, um, Gareth Evans, joins me. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a stretch, Hayden. Well, well, you probably feel like a, like a winner because you just got a massive PB. Um, so tell us about your race and and what time did you get? Uh, so I had a goal time of uh, two oh six, and I ended up with a time of two oh six and one second. Oh yes, well that's two oh five and seventy one, sixty one seconds. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give it to you. See you guys. Yeah, um, and and tell us how the race went. Did it all go to plan? You paced it well. Um, yeah, the the race went went pretty well to plan. Um, I think I was probably a little bit quick on the start of the hills at the start um, yeah. than I had planned to. Yeah. Um, but all in all, it, it all worked out. Um, yeah. The the bridge was a was a good nice climb. Yeah. Uh, and that sneaky little climb following the bridge was a uh, was a bit of a, a bit of pain. Yeah. But um, all in all, it went well. And um, if you uh, you look at my splits online you uh, it, it's almost perfect clockwork 30 minutes nice 30 minutes every 5k yeah, so, 5K. so uh, cool. really happy i paced super well and um yeah. it just it shows on, on how i feel cool <laughs> yeah that's right um yeah awesome cool well well done because it is really hard to pace because those first 5k are rolling and then you've got this flat spot and then you get the the bridge um at about 14k 
Did you find that bridge okay? Um, yeah, the bridge was okay. It was it was just a case of sort of uh, uh, like uh, working really hard. Um, yeah. And I actually felt alright when I got to the top of the bridge nice. um, and managed to pick up the pace again on the way downhill. But um, I don't think I was fully recovered when I hit that other other climb because yeah. uh, Shelly Beach Road. Yeah, Shelly Beach Road was not yeah. kind to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a brutal one. And um, do you think you will be in the hunt for one of the fastest up the bridge prizes? Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> you weren't going for that that no, medal. No, I don't think I don't think that's uh, something that I'm a, a contender for. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool concept, but you've kind of got to really strategically do that one. Either go out really slow or really fast, so you're nice and early. So, um, for those who don't know, it's every 30 minutes, um, and if you're the first to the top of the hill in that 30 minute zone, um, the quickest to the top of the hill, then you get a prize of some sort. Oh, we had um, a few. Uh, we had a few people who uh, were trying trying it on. Uh, I know yeah. that Anna uh, ran to the bridge and then waited at the bottom of the bridge for three minutes <laughs> for the next half hour slot before boosting up it. Yeah, yeah, only to be passed by another guy who had the exact same plan. Uh, cheeky devil. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, your training and, and background, because you've been with TempoFit for a, what, a year and a half or so? Yeah, probably year, a, year a year and a year? half, coming yeah. up on two years. Yeah. Um, so uh, my current goal is to try and break two hours on a, on a half marathon. Awesome. Um, yeah. And my previous PB was 2.18, so to yeah. get a 2.06 today is a, is a huge improvement. Yeah, massive. Um, and to, to do that, I was following the A-Team program from uh, TempoFit and um, yep. uh, just following the, the training plan as, as closely as I could to the letter. Cool. Um, and it, yeah, it's really worked for me. And you've sort of been doing, you did Rotorua Marathon earlier in the year, but you've been kind of keeping the mileage reasonably reasonably high for this training round as well? Yeah, so um, it, was, it was definitely not a, a full marathon training program in terms of distance, but it, yep. it, it equally wasn't a half marathon program. So a yeah. lot of my uh, weekend runs were sort of 25, 26, 27k. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess that was largely due to the to trying to improve my pace so much. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so, uh, what's next? Are you going to target a half marathon to take another six minutes off, or six minutes and two seconds? <laughs> I think the next event that I'm targeting is probably going to be the 34k Hillary. Awesome. Um, but I'm not going to go out and race that. I'm just just going to try and complete it and uh, beat my time from last year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, possibly train up for Melbourne full marathon or try and get under that uh, two hour mark. Oh, very it's, cool. it's one or the other. So we'll, we'll see we'll see how it falls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good work. And well done today. And rest up those legs. Thanks for joining the show. Cool. Thanks, Adam. So I'm sitting down over a, uh, a McFlurry with Oscar Ingster-Baines, the winner of the 2016 Auckland Marathon. Oscar, how are the legs feeling? Smashed. Yeah. Stiff, beaten up, rubbish. Yeah. yeah. All the superlatives I can think of. Yeah, yeah. And so, look, great performance yesterday. I was, I was lucky enough to watch a bit of you running on the big screen and then obviously you finish. You absolutely decimated the field in your marathon debut. You've been working really hard for this, so kind of, I don't know, have you had a chance to look back and reflect a little bit? How happy are you with this as a debut performance? Um, yeah, if we wanted to take, put time into the equation, then the time was exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to run under 2.19, so at least I could put my hand up for um, the World Champs qualifier. Mm -hmm. But in terms of performance, running solo, um, right from the gun on my own and not slowing down I actually sped up 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And got big, stronger and stronger. Big negative split. What, yeah. did, what did you go through halfway in? Um, I went through in, in 70 25. Yeah. Um, and then obviously came home in 70 10. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to, to run the last 3K in sort of under 10 minutes. You know, debut, you didn't know what I was going to feel like. Like, I was stoked. Yeah. Happy as you saw that in the yeah. after, after photos. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And you like converting that from what you've done with the half marathon. So a lot of people when they step up to the marathon don't automatically come in and just run a few minutes slower for each half. They yeah. kind of tank out and have a huge bleed of like 20 minutes. Were you confident um, going into it that you'd done enough mileage, done enough base work to transfer your, your obvious speed over a half to a full marathon? Yeah, we'd, that's one thing Matt and I had really worked on was strength at the end of a long run. So yep. we've done a lot of workouts where I'd run for 90 minutes and then start my tempo. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, you know, that's something that the old legends have done and something that we'd picked up from the Kirkwoods and the Costleys and the and the Warrenders. That that's what they had done in the past and we kind of wanted to bring that back. Yeah. Um, so like I wasn't concerned, the distance didn't concern me, I wasn't afraid of it. Yeah. It didn't bother me, it was just whether or not I could hold together. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to go on and talk about the marathon itself and how it played out, but before we get to that, you know, you mentioned training, and I know you're training with it's Matt Ingram. Matt Ingram, yeah. Yeah, and so we we ran across each other a few years ago now yep. um, when you came down to Palmy, picked up your first national title over a half marathon. What is that? That's four, four years ago. Four years ago, you were under a different coaching setup then, yep. and I know you weren't doing the same mileage, and so things have changed. Do you want to yeah, yeah. talk to us a little about the change in your training, switching to Matt? Yep. And, and what sort of mileage, what has your focus been over the past few months? Um, so yeah, basically since March we knew that we were going to come to Auckland and we were going to try and do that. So we thought, um, you know, like the plan long and hard, I wanted to pick up that half marathon title again in Christchurch. Um, I wanted to run 29 low for 10,000 metres. I didn't tick that first box in January. I blew off and walked off the track yep, um, in I, January. I saw that. Yeah, yeah and I was gutted. Um, and so I just knew that I needed to take things upper level mm -hmm. maybe that was silly but um so we just went back into base building running 100 plus miles a week um, we just went old school we took away all the all the jargon all the garbage and just ran long and hard and uh listened, listened to the body the, the best we could um matt and i talk every day you know how are you feeling you beaten up do we need to rest are we going to go harder all that kind of things and, and we personalized the program quite a bit mm -hmm. um and i think that gave me the confidence to know like in the training when i was smashed and when i needed to stop yep. and then that translating to the race i knew that i could push harder because i knew what death felt like yeah <laughs> yeah i mean I collapsed in the door at home many times in the last six months and I knew, I knew where that red line was. So. Yeah, and so look, you you ran 2.20 yep. on Sunday, won the race by, I believe it was six yeah, minutes. Six minutes yeah. yeah, and so that puts you, you know, if we don't factor in the Robertson twins, yep. that kind of puts you in a bit of a league of your own with Paul Martellisti over in the UK and yourself. And D. Wall, who yeah. ran great at uh, that time, and was in the back of my mind. Yeah, I was a bit gutted. I couldn't go under his uh, two nineteen forty one. But yeah. I, I mean, solo and, and with having to deal with Devonport, he had to deal with the yeah. wind and a bit of a bad stomach. But fuck. so, so yeah. we've we've got you know three athletes all knocking around two twenty, yep. 
capable of running a little faster. But you know, one lives in the UK, one lives in Christchurch, and Dewell's kind of a no man's land. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's an international nomad. So you you are obviously having to do a lot of the hard workouts yourself. Yeah. Tell us a little about that because that's quite unusual for an elite marathoner the, yeah. in this day and age. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty lucky that I do have Daniel Belchin. Um, and William Sam's based in Christchurch, and I do a lot of workouts with with Dan. Obviously, he's a five k guy. He knows thirteen forty or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he, he runs a little bit quick and not as many miles. But I mean, even just starting out with him makes a big difference. But yeah, I mean, I would run a good 150, 160k a week on my own. Um, maybe join the guys for one workout or, or the Sunday run if we yep. can. All, we've all got families. We've all got full time jobs. Yeah, yeah. Like so we can't like trying to get everyone together in the same space is nearly impossible. Yeah. Tell me about that because. You know, you've got married, was it last year, two uh, years ago? Two years ago, yeah. And just had a baby and just taken on your own business. Yep. So you own the front runner? The front runner in, in, in Colombo, so yeah. So how does this work? How does 160 plus kilometers a week work in relation to this crazy life? Uh, um, 6 a.m. starts and 8 p.m. finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, very forgiving and uh, wife. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and a baby that doesn't quite move yet, although she crawled yesterday on like we were on FaceTime and she's managed to go forward, so yeah, it might be about to change. But I mean, I've always wanted to do this. We've worked at it for six or seven years now. Yeah. And we knew the marathon is where I was going to end up. I don't have that 10,000 meter speed that the Robertson boys have. Um, yeah. But I think I could definitely grind out, you know, that 214 or 215 marathon. It's just going to take a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. And so Auckland obviously isn't the fastest course in the world. It's got a few hills. It's got this small bridge that I don't know people if yeah, people have heard shit. of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like literally, it doesn't seem that bad when you drive up it. But it's like a kilometre of of 33 degree uphill, right? Yeah. And and yep. so, you know, what did you? like most about the race and what did you find most challenging within the race? Um, I think the beauty of the Auckland race, like, unlike say, let's say the Gold Coast um, or even Christchurch is the fact you have like five or six big landmarks yeah. and it makes the course manageable mm-hmm. and I remember a little Pearl Jim from Costley said like break it up into sort of 3k lots um, so we you know you obviously run through Devonport and you're feeling pretty fresh and like I just took off the front you get to the bridge, then you're over the bridge, and you're kind of already 15k in. And for me, I knew that that was just three more figure eights of Hagley Park to go. Yeah. Um, and I'd done that in training, and I knew that I could run that fast for that long. Um, and you obviously come through town. There's not too many people around for the marathon, but there are, you know, there's still a good amount of support that first time you come out. Uh, and then you run past, uh, you know, KFC and all that up around there, and then um, out to Mission Bay and St Helens. So you kind of got that, those three checkpoints. And all you got to do is turn around and come home. Yeah. Um, and to know that you're running back into town, it's like 4K to that yacht squadron, and then from there, 4K, 2K, and you're back into the ferry, and then you're nearly done. So for me, mentally, it was kind of like I almost raced six races inside the one. Yeah. Uh, so each point, I I knew where I wanted to be with what times I wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, and each one, you were essentially by yourself because yeah, I, there were no thoughts of hanging back, running with the pack for the first half. It was. I all, just I didn't want to get caught up in whatever they were playing. Like I didn't want to come here and run. I'm not saying 226 is slow, but it is slow. I wanted to come here and run 220 or 219 or even 218. If you know the wind didn't come, I yep. feel like that wind cost me a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and be on my own probably cost me two. So we met and I debriefed. You know, on another day with a few more buddies, 217 might have been. You um, know, we don't know what would have happened. We got yep. a lot. We got a lot of things right. Lady Luck might have been on our side. Yeah. Um, and I, I took a gamble. I had no idea how my body was going to respond to running 40k like that, and yep. it worked. So. <laughs> cool, cool. And so. 
I mean, tell us a little about the plan from here. Obviously, there's, there's, you've picked up more than a few national titles. Yeah. You've had a great debut. It's got to be about trying to get uh, a black singlet at a yeah. major event. Yeah. What's the plan to achieve that? Um, it's funny, I was sitting up in the um, New Balance offices on Friday. We were talking about some sponsorship stuff and, and what I want to do for the next 12 months. And we started talking about, obviously, they've got a direct relation to Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously an opportunity for me there with the brand. Um, they've looked after me for two years now. And I've proven that over the weekend that I can get a start in a, in a major city marathon. It might not be on the front, but it'll be pretty close to the front. It'll be in that club elite, if you will. That's yep. what you want to, the portion of the race you want to put us in. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's always on the cards. I've been talking to Matt and Craig Motley um, this morning about Fukuoka or um, something in Japan because the time's only four hours out. Um, yeah. A little more forgiving on the body, and you need less time over there to get used to um, get used to being there. So, I guess qualifying times are still four or five minutes faster. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to get you know too excited about it all. I'm still going to go back and run 200k a week for another 12 months and yeah. try, try again. Yeah. Um, and, and will you in the short term are you going to take a bit of a break and kick in and do a track season? Yeah. Like I think I still think. I'm, I still need to be able to run a half marathon in 63 minutes. Yeah. Um, and and what's your best currently? 65, 65 yeah. low. So I need to fire another minute and a half, um, which means I need to fire another minute over 10k. So I need that 28 something, and that's something I talked to Craig Kirkwood about. He said you've got a, you've got the ability. You just need to go and get that, get that under your belt. Um, so we're gonna look at. 10,000 meter track champs, as long as my body pulls up all right, like it's going to take me a month to be able to really do anything again, any sort of work. But I think the, the level of fitness we reached means I'm not going to lose a hell of a lot. It just means that a bit of rest might make me quicker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll look at that at the end of January in New Plymouth. Um, I really want to help Dan run under four minutes for the mile, so I'm going to try and pace him for yep. as long as I can. Um, I got a goal to run under 14 minutes for 5K myself. Yeah. And then obviously yeah, that. And then um, maybe look at Buller. I might look at the Gold Coast half. Yeah. Um, we, so, yeah, yeah, lots of opportunities. Yeah. So look, we we our McFlurries are not looking as good as they could. <laughs> so we're going to take a short McFlurry break and be back with more of Oskings to the Bane soon. So where do McFlurries fit into the diet of a, an elite New Zealand marathon runner? Post race. Post race. <laughs> So you're, you're not hitting up a lot of McFlurries after Sunday long runs or anything like. It's got to be tempting though after after a 30k tempo run. I'm I'm partial to a Coke Zero, oh. um, because I can't I can't justify the calories. Um, yeah. Nah, like we just meat and fruit veg. Yeah, I I remember when you stayed with me um, a few years ago, and we went shopping, and the food that you bought, I was just like. This this stuff has never been in my fridge before, and will <laughs> never go in my fridge ever again. So you are, you know, how big? You're a former chef, yeah. And so, how big a part does good nutrition uh, play in, in your preparation? I think people put way too much onus on it. Like um, the people obviously running the shop, people coming in and they get so worked up on like what what's going in, and it's yep. just like. Just eat. I think I read an article out of Kenya. Is just, just eat whatever you've always eaten. Eat whatever your mum fed you, because that's what made you go from this big to that big. Mm-hmm. That big, like, um, and nothing's harder than growing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, we just eat well. Don't think about it too much. If you're hungry, 
eat something. If you're not hungry, probably don't eat it. <laughs> uh, so you, I might not finish this McFlurry <laughs> then. But like it's a it's a vice. I worked hard yesterday. Yeah. Um, I consciously make good decisions, and every now and again you have to make some bad ones. Yeah. Good. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. And so speaking of making some good decisions, you have got some people who support you. Have obviously made a, a good decision to get in behind you and your yeah. journey. Do you want to talk a little about? I don't know, Team Oscar, the yeah. people who support the you bus. and yeah. Val Adams would put up the bus. Yeah. Um, or obviously my wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, who puts up with all of my shit. <laughs> <laughs> like all of it, or does she draw the line and call you out on it sometimes? No, nah, like I have, <laughs> I have hardly been at home in the last six months. Like yeah. Like I'm obviously running a business and I still run the South Island for SOE Rehydrate, so yeah. Like you know, I work nine hours a day and then I train 14 hours a week so that adds two hours a day to that nine hours a day and um, you know, I think she might have complained once Yeah. and that might have been because I didn't take the rubbish thing out when I, you know, like, um, yeah. so yeah. obviously she's probably the most important um, person in, in the bus and then obviously um, Matt Ingram who's my coach, um, more, more of a mate to be fair, Yeah. Uh, um, we've got a really awesome relationship and I think he's got that relationship with quite a few athletes and that's why he's having such good success out of like four or five guys. Yeah, um, I think he's got like six national medals this year. Yeah, for the athlete, for the male athletes he's coaching, which is more impressive than anyone else. Yeah, that um, is impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, and uh, obviously Tamsin, who's been doing some physio stuff for me, um, and Amanda, who's been doing my massage stuff out of sports med, and then like my group of I hate calling sponsors because I don't feel like I'm a homeless man. Um, you know, I support these brands and they support me in return. So yeah, balance is always obviously the front runner yeah um, yeah we know um, CEP compression so yeah yeah excellent excellent and if anyone wants to keep up with you on your journey this yep. summer and through until your next marathon you know what is what's your presence like on social media how can people uh, keep up with the journey uh, presence is pretty terrible it's mainly just pictures of me in really short shorts running around the streets in New Zealand that's perfect that's, uh, that's, that's what our listeners it's, it's, actually really love and you know, get into so even you, the guys love yeah, that if you so. want to see some wicked quad action uh, yeah. you can just chuck in Oscar Baines distance runner into Facebook yeah. um, or um, oh, Oinkster Baines into Instagram yeah. um, there's a few pictures of my baby and yeah. all the other crazy shit I get up to but yeah that's nice, yeah. that's nice. And so look, we really look forward to following your journey from here, you know, 2.13, 2.14, 2.15, whatever that looks like. Um, but I guess, you know, as some final words, for the, there's, how many people ran on Sunday? Like, like 15,000 or 15, something. 15,000, so, you know, the vast majority of those 15,000 are just in it for a bit of fun, but they're also keen to improve their own performance what advice would you give to the what would be the key piece of advice you'd give to the average everyday runner who's looking to just knock a few minutes off their marathon or half marathon pb um i think the hardest thing for me to swallow is people find running such a chore yeah um and they look at it as a way to you know i have to do it just yeah. enjoy it yeah. like it's hard but so all the good things in life yeah um so yeah if you're gonna lace your shoes up don't do it because you have to do it because you want to and then once you enjoy something it's going to get better you're going to enjoy it more yeah um you're going to do it better yeah and it should put a smile i mean i was in tears at the finish line and pain but also in happiness because I, I love what i do and, and i love running and i would hope that most people would as well yep. yeah excellent all right well well done once again congratulations uh on your win on sunday and all the best for the future oscar all good cheers guys enjoy
We had a really great day with all our Tempo Fit team at the finish line of the of the Auckland Marathon, and um, everyone drinking smoothies and getting massages, soaking their feet in ice baths, and. Um, eating burgers. I ate quite a few burgers. Unfortunately, I didn't even do any running, so sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, it was a very, very cool event. And I really love it that the marathon is not just a test for those up the, the pointy end to see who can win the thing, but it's more importantly a test for for your everyday Joe to see, can you make it to the finish line? Can you do all the, the work that's required to get you to the start line? And it really is a great celebration of the human spirit. So I always enjoy Marathon Sunday in Auckland. Um, but as a bit of a stats geek, I do like to go through and uh, keep keep a bit of a track of where we're heading as a sport in marathoning in New Zealand. And I, I just pulled up a few stats on the Athletics New Zealand site. So they keep a, a record of the top ranking uh, performances over different distances. Um it does only record those runners who are registered to a New Zealand um, athletics club. Um, so it does mean we, we lose a few of the results. But usually the people at the pointy end are registered to a club of some sort. So what we have is a whole bunch of new entries in the, the mail list from the race at the weekend. And the top 25, just looking through the top 25 performances this year, Looking through, there were well, about eight of them were from Auckland Marathon yesterday. So Oscar's run of 2.20 puts him at number three. And this starts an interesting conversation because we've got Paul Martelletti, who's been hammering around sort of that 2.16, 2.17 mark for quite a few years now. Um, hasn't quite been able to crack. You know, we had that um, that story back a few months ago where he's hoping to get into the Rio game, so he hasn't quite cracked that barrier of, of getting down to sort of 2.15, um, which I think is what you need to be to um, to to qualify for the games or a, a world majors. Um, and then Dan Wallace did his uh, debut back in Chicago um, in 2.19, um, and then... Yeah, just a few seconds back with Oscar in 2.20, which you've got to say on a hilly course like Auckland, running it solo is probably worth um, a bit more than that if you got him on a nice flat course like Berlin or something with company. So we've got three guys sort of banging it, banging it out up the front. I know that Sam Rafford is going to be running the Queenstown Marathon. Again, that's uh, it's got a few hills, so it's probably not a, a super speedy one like, like the Berlins or Chicago's. But he could be another one into that that mix of sort of the low two twenties, maybe high teens. So that would be super exciting. Then going down the list, looking at the top ten, um, everyone's under two thirty, which is really cool. So two thirty mark comes at thirteenth place. So everyone thirteen, and we've got thirteen runners at the moment running under two thirty, which is really really exciting. Um, then if we go back to the woman, let me just take a look, just waiting for the internet to load, here we go, so Lydia O'Donnell is leading our our list for the ladies, so she back in, um, I think it was back in March, she ran a marathon over in Japan, I think it was a women's only marathon, and she ran 239, which is a very stellar time and then Katie Kemp um got seventh place at the Gold Coast Marathon with a two forty. 
Um, and then Ruth Croft at the Tokyo Marathon ran a 2.40 as well. So they're your top three. Uh, but then last weekend we had another three added to that list with Nancy Jiang running a PB. She's from the Waikato, um, I believe, and she ran 2.55 and then Fiona Love came in with a 2.58. So if we're looking at sub three runners, we've got 12 runners in New Zealand currently running under uh, sub three and we've got five running under uh, sub 2.50. So very cool to have have these stats there and um man long may it continue to grow i think the the auckland marathon kind of showed a a slight changing of the guard with um with oscar coming on with uh, dan wallace doing chicago there's a few young guys who have been hammering away at the shorter distances now turning their craft to the longer distances and it's about time i, I we've been lacking some uh, some depth in, in marathoning for a little while so I really hope that we can get a lot of guys uh, around that sort of 220 um, high 210s uh, two high teens and I really hope that we can get a lot of girls in that 230 bracket 240 um, and then of course our, our stars like Kim Smith if she can get back to back to health that would be amazing to see as well and Mary Davies as well so yeah marathoning is hopefully on the up and up in New Zealand. So well done to everyone who took part at the weekend. We are going to jump over to training talk now. So on training talk this week, we are going to talk about what to do when you've just done a massive race, like run a marathon or a, a big half marathon, and your body's feeling pretty nailed. What do you do for that recovery week? or recovery month, or recovery year, or however long you need to get your body back to square one. So recovery week, usually what I what I say to people is it's all by feel. So you need to just totally listen to your body. Usually what I'll do when I'm writing plans for people is put, a, put in a rough guide, but there's a bit of flexibility to, uh, to swap things around. Um, but there's there's a few golden rules to stick by, and one of those tried and tested rules is for every mile that you race, so that's miles, not kilometers, you should take one day easy or rest after that. So say you've done a half marathon, 13 miles, you will take 13 days to properly recover from that race, in which time you don't do any strenuous workouts, don't do any more races, you don't do any really long runs. So you can still do medium to long runs. You can still run regularly, but the pace you're backing the pace right off. Um, same for the marathon. We, we sort of talk about 26 days, almost a month, where you're uh, really backed off. You've got nothing, uh, no races booked up. You're not getting out there trying to hit any Strava segments or anything crazy like that. You're really just backing it off. So that's that's super important and it really comes into it when you look at your your structuring of your your the races that you choose throughout the year i meet so many runners who just put in too many races so they they've got a marathon and then a couple of weeks later they're doing a half marathon and you're not obeying that rule of your body's going to need a month to recover from that that marathon. So you shouldn't put that race in, in there because one of those races is going to be compromised. And we know for sure that your body's going to be compromised from that 
the overstressing of it with um, yeah trying to race on tired legs. So that's that's the first rule I'd keep keep to. So for every mile you race, you take a day easy or rest. The second rule I'd keep to is try to stay active. So you don't want to finish a marathon and then just hang up your trainers and sit a sit at a desk for a few weeks on end. Um, you do need some form of active recovery. So I actually got this tip from Tony Payne. Shout out to Tony Payne. When we ran the Dunedin Marathon, he actually went down to the local pools and did some aqua jogging and invited me along. And that was one of the best things I've ever done to recover from a race. So it was immediately after the race, we um, got some fluid and some food down us and then went to the pools and put on our aqua jogging belts, jumped in the deep end and ran around with with the old ladies in the aqua jogging lane. And it was a really great way of just getting a nice flush out. Um, I mean, I don't know the the scientific terms of it, but it feels like you're just giving your your muscles, your blood vessels, everything, just a good flush out, getting rid of that fatigue. Um, And it does feel good. And I'm sure you get some sort of massage effect from the water as well. Uh, we also jumped in the, the spa and had a, um, a soak in the hot pools there. So that was a, a really great way to recover. So I would recommend aqua jogging in that week after a marathon. I'd also recommend the walk run. This is one of my favorite things to do. So you, you go out for, let's say, an hour's walk. You're used to getting out for an hour's run at this time, so it's not on top of your running. But you go out for your uh, a one-hour walk. You're in your running gear and you just, when you feel like it, you just do a little bit of jogging. You can stop, do some stretching, maybe do some light drills. Um, Again, it's that active recovery, just letting the body flush out and get back to square one. There's no intensity at all. You're just doing it by feel, just allowing your muscles to get back to to normal. So that that would be my other thing to do. And, And then... Other things you can do is just switch up your training. So actually think like, look, I, I'm not just a runner. I'm I'm an athlete first and foremost. So that means that I do stuff in the gym. It means that I can hop on the bike, hop in the pool and do a whole variety of movements. And, and your body really craves that variety. So m- throwing that into the mix is a really good way now that you're you're tired from running of just keeping things fresh. Your body will really appreciate it. I wouldn't go out and smash any um, PBs at the squat rack or anything like that um, at the gym um, or do any hard spin classes in that first week. I'd just keep the intensity really light. So things like Pilates classes are great. Um, Spin class is great if you're just backing off the intensity. Don't get into that temptation to crank up the dial on your bike. Um, going for a little spin on on a bike just um, on some country roads is is nice as well Um, so yeah take this opportunity to mix up your training keep it fresh just get be active allow that body to recover actively Um, and then the last point that I would say in this recovery week or this recovery cycle is to Book in a massage and uh, get some good treatment. Uh, So see a sports uh, masseuse who knows what they're doing, can pinpoint the areas where you're really locked up, free them up, um, and really allow your body to to get back to normal. Um, uh, Running a marathon is really hard on your body. And now that we're getting... (coughs) Sorry, now that we're getting into... 
uh, ultra marathoning becoming this big thing and uh, you know ultra long trail races which is so much longer than a marathon but when we actually look at the marathon often people are going to, trying to run as fast as they physically can and that beating up on the roads is actually a really um, it's a different sort of stress than you might get from a prolonged ultra marathon so I guess what I'm saying is don't underestimate just because it's 42k and your friend might have done a 100k race recently or something like that don't underestimate the the effect that it has on your body um, it is really brutal and there's a good reason why we see the top marathoners in the world only doing two races a year and that's because they cannot train and race regularly the the training has to take precedence and they can only squeeze in two maybe three marathons each year so it, it's it's really important so don't underestimate the damage that's being done to your body uh, but if you can get the this week r right and uh, the next two weeks right then you can build off of that marathon and come out stronger at the end of it so well done everyone for all your training, uh, all your racing at the weekend and uh, rest up, take care of your body and happy running everyone.